The following audio has been brought to you by Word of Grace Community Church. For more information about Word of Grace, visit wogcc.com. Well, good morning, church, and happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. We're so glad that you are here today with us. If you are uh, visiting with us today, I just want to say welcome. Glad that you're here being able to celebrate Mother's Day with your family. Um, I uh, hope that they have something extra special planned for you today, especially those maybe who have traveled uh, from out of town. I just want you to have a great day today here at church, worshiping God with us and also getting into the Word together. Uh, We've been in a series called Parenting on Point, where we've been talking about how God wants us to grow in our parenting skills because we know that parenting is a skill, and like any other skill, it needs to be sharpened and developed. And so the title of my message this morning is Intentional Parenting. And I know that with this day, with Mother's Day, that it holds... A lot of different emotions for so many people depending on what has happened throughout your life some people have mothers that they celebrate while others may not know who their mothers are or they may have a bad image attached to that word but it doesn't matter what the definition that life has created for you of what a mother is it doesn't even matter if you have children I believe that the heart of a mother is in you, and I believe that you were created to invest in the next generation. And this is part of your mandate, part of your call. This is part of who God has made you to be. And if we are going to be successful as parents, or if you're going to be successful as a father or a mother, we have to raise the level of intentionality. We have to be intentional with what we do because good kids don't just happen by accident. Amen, somebody. We don't see successful parents just by accident. It's not something you stumble into. It's not something that ju- just happens. It's something that we all grow in. And it doesn't matter if you're a parent or if you're a grandparent and aunt and uncle. It doesn't matter what season of life you may be in. You may be in, uh, even be a, a student who's a, a single young person. It doesn't matter. We all, as Dave said earlier, we all have influence. And God has granted us this gift of influence. And we have different influence in different spheres, uh, different circles that we may uh, run in. It may be a sphere of influence at work that God has given us. It may be something directly at home. It may be uh, even influence that God has given you with uh, that coffee shop that you regularly go to. I'll tell you a real quick story. It it has something to do with this, but it just popped in my brain. That's kind of how things work. So... (laughs) I've been going to this, uh, th- this coffee shop, and I'm not going to tell you which one, um, but uh, I've been going to this coffee shop, and I've been getting really um, <clears throat> familiar with one of the guys that works there. Uh, he calls me Buddy now, all right? And that's where I meet with Pastor Keith. He doesn't call Pastor Keith Buddy. He calls me Buddy. So when, matter of fact, Pastor Keith, when he's gotten there before I've gotten there, um, he'll say, where's, uh, where's my buddy at, you know? So, uh, you know, he uh, just wants to know where I'm at. Well, <clears throat> I think, I think this guy is from Croatia or Russia or something like that. Anyways, um, I run into him at Home Depot, and uh, he says, Hey, buddy, hey, buddy, come here, come here, buddy. I tell you a secret. And I said, Oh, yeah? He said, uh, Yeah, I tell you a secret. We are about to have roasted chicken and fried fish, all you can eat. I tell you, I tell no one. But for you, I tell you, hey, come here, buddy. I give you free coffee, all coffee you want. So I'm in, all right? So we all, then he wanted me to fix his phone last week, and that was, uh, I think we're crossing some boundaries, you know? But, uh, 
Uh, I mean, it starts with a phone, and then he says, Hand, here, take this package, you know, and meet so-and-so, you know. And, uh, <clears throat> and next thing you know. <laughs> but, but we all have influence, and God can give us influence in any circumstance, in any situation, in any relationship, and God opens these doors for us. But what we do with it is up to us. How we handle that influence is up to us. If we want to be successful with the influence that he has given us, we have to be intentional because it just doesn't happen uh, just on its own. Go over to Titus chapter 2 if you have your Bible this morning. This is my favorite passage of Scripture to share when it comes to thinking about Mother's Day. I know a lot of people like to go over to Proverbs 31, and that's a great passage of Scripture to share on Mother's Day as well. But my personal favorite happens to be Titus chapter 2 because I love leadership and I love influence, and I love having this discussion and talking about leadership development and growth and influence because I am a firm believer that when a leader gets better, that everyone wins. And that means that everything you touch, every relationship you have, gets positive impacted because you have made the decision to grow. You've made the decision to get better. I believe that the family wins when a parent decides they want to sharpen the saw, they want to sharpen their skills, and they want to get better. I believe everyone wins. The kids win, the, the, the family wins, the church wins, everyone wins. When we step up and say, you know what, I'm going to grow. I'm going to get better. I'm tired of spinning my wheels. I'm tired of getting stuck in these same old patterns in this rut. I'm going to grow. And when we make that decision to grow, I believe it impacts so many around us. And that's what um, Titus chapter 2 really discusses. Titus 2, Paul wrote this letter to Titus, who was a minister that he was trying to encourage, much like he did with Timothy. Titus chapter 2, let's look at verse 3. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train young women to love their husbands and their children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Now here, Paul, he addresses both men and women, but I want to highlight the, the, the charge that he gave to Titus and to teach these mothers about the responsibility that they had been given. These grandmothers, that they had responsibility. He wanted them to wake up and realize that, hey, there's a watching world that's looking for an example, and they're looking at you. And he started with those that were older, because as we should, the, those that have had more life experience that we should be looking to those to take our cues from, and we should be looking to them in order to how to handle certain situations. Because there's oftentimes when we're younger, we just don't know. And we need someone to look at. We need someone that we can say, wow, that person, you know what, if I turn out like that person uh, when I'm their age, I, I'll consider a life to have been really successful. If you, do you have someone like that in your life? Someone that you can look at and go, you know what, if I, if, if I treated my wife like that person treated their wife, or if I treated my husband that way, if I, if I raised my children like that person, and, and you're looking at a model, you're seeing something in them that's valuable. Not that you want to just be a complete copy of who they are, but you see valuable skills and traits and characteristics that they model and that they show that you're like, that's something worth following. That's someone I can admire. That person has done some things and has overcome a lot. And we see those people in our lives. And Paul was trying to tell Titus, teach those people in your church to realize that they have influence, that they have a responsibility attached to that influence. Many women in today's uh, culture, they desire a mentor, they desire someone to look at, but they have difficult times often. 
finding an older woman willing to step into that role. And I think a lot of times it's because older women have bought into the lie that the enemy has whispered in their ear to say they're unqualified or to say that they've messed up too much or that they uh, are, are somehow uh, not worth following. And the enemy would whisper these lies into your ear because he doesn't want you to feel like you have anything worth investing in someone that is younger. But what's really going on? What, what's really involved in being a mentor? What's really involved in taking responsibility to intentionally invest? Well, today I want us to talk about a few things that really come from the heart of God, from the experience that God has given you in life, and the love for people that he wants us to have. And if we have these characteristics, we can mentor someone else, but let's talk about it today with what this is going to look like in our lives. So I'm going to give you a few things today to grow in being an intentional investor, an intentional parent. The first thing is be available. We got to be available. That's, man, that one's huge right there, being available. This is a starting place in the roadmap to mentoring. You don't have to pray about this. This is a command that Paul said. <clears throat> he said this in verse 3. He said, insist on these types of teachings. He said, command this. This is not a suggestion. No, be available. Make sure that you understand the importance of the influence that you have. So many times we get so self-absorbed and we get so caught up in what we want to do and what we feel that we deserve that we cut everybody else out and we're just way too busy for anyone or anything. We're too busy to slow down and maybe even think about what another person may be going through. We may be too busy to even slow down to think about how another person may be feeling right now or the fact that another person may be going through something difficult. We can get so blind to other people because we get so busy. And God wants us to slow down and make margin, make room to be available. If there's always excuses that are hindering us, I tell people this, I say, what does it have to take to lower the hurdles that are in front of you? I ask this question to people all the time. How can we lower the hurdle for this person? How can we make it not so difficult? What are the obstacles that are in the way that you keep tripping up over? Because we all have a lot of good intentions, don't we? We are not suffering in our day and age for a lack of good intentions. I think that everyone in this room, to some degree, is a good intention person. I think that you had good intentions of making sure that you bought the perfect card, but you didn't, so you downloaded something on the internet and made sure that you tagged your mom in it on Facebook. <laughs> that was just me. <clears throat> I know that you had good intentions of maybe doing certain things, but intentions don't really turn into action until we get more intentional about the way we use our time. Amen, somebody? You see, until we become more intentional and say, I have to say no to something in order to say yes to something else. And, and it's always a trade-off. And you have to ask yourself, is the trade-off worth it? I know that that buffet sounds really good, but you're also trying to fit into those pants too. <laughs> you have to say no to something 
to put yourself in a position to be able to say yes to the greater thing. What is the greater yes? What is the greater thing that is not happening in your life that you have all the best intentions of seeing happen, but it can't happen because you keep saying yes to the wrong things? We have to create margin in our lives by looking at the obstacles, looking at the hurdles. How can we create margin to be available? Because if we're not available, man, we're going to keep going, oh, I would help, but I can't. I would do this, but I can't. Oh, you know, that sounds really good, but you know what? I've really got all this going on. If God has called you to do it, if he's mandated you to do it, you've got to be intentional about creating margin to make sure that you can make it happen. That's how we put God's fir God first and God's agenda ahead of our own, is by intentionally saying no to things we've been saying yes to. And they may even be good things. In church, we always talk about saying no to things that are obviously bad, right? We want to say no to drunkenness. We want to say no to pornography. We want to say no to all of the temptations that are in the world. And, and we want to say no to those things. Say no to lust. Say no to lying. Say no to gossip. What about saying no to something you've been saying yes to that's a good thing? That's harder. What about saying no to even something for a season that, you know what, I, I need to say no to this because I need to make a margin to make sure I have space to be available because if I'm not available, then I'm not able to truly be aware of when God is calling me to invest, and I can't say yes to anything because I'm too stretched. The next thing is to be purposeful. So we're going to be available, and we're going to be purposeful. Mentoring is not always a Bible study. Investing is not always sitting down and going through some new hot book that's just hot off the presses um, that everyone is reading and everyone's going through. It can be those things, and I'm not trying to discourage you from, from spending time investing in those things, but it can be a lot more purposeful than just going through some sort of formal Bible study. It can be in the day today. It's not always a Bible study. What is the individual that God has given you the opportunity to invest in? What are they really seeking? What do they really need? What do they really need? Do they need a Bible study or do they just need a friend? Do they just need someone to talk to? Do they need someone to just hang out with? Do they need someone just to bounce ideas off of or to come to, to ask questions of? It's not always something formal because when we see a need, we always try to think of some sort of formal solution or maybe, maybe at least I do oftentimes. I'll get caught in this trap of just trying to think of, you know, okay, what's a good book I can recommend? What's a good study I can recommend? What's something that we could put together in order to help this person? Sometimes that's not what they need. Those things are all good. Sometimes they just need someone to sit with them and just talk to them. Just be there and, and know that they're there. That's intentional investing is being purposeful with the way that you use your time because you're in tune with what the person that God has called you to invest in what they really need. It's the same thing with our kids. We always think, oh, what's, a, what, what's, what's the latest you know, parenting hack that I can apply in this situation to correct this behavior, to fix this behavior? Well, maybe it's not a parenting hack. Maybe it's not a blog you need to read. Maybe it's just learning that person and spending time with them and getting more in touch with where they're at in life. And being a little bit more in their world so you can live with a greater intentionality with the way you use your time when you're with them and the time spent. We can always tell when one of our kids needs some dad time. And that's what my wife calls it. She's like, yep, Josiah needs some dad time. 
Because there's certain behaviors that he will exhibit when I've been a little too busy or maybe I haven't been spending very much intentional time with my son. Same thing with my girls, too. I mean, it's almost like there's little triggers that we've identified because we've spent time with them because we know them. And my wife will let me know, hey, your kids really need some dad time. And I go, okay, and I know what that means. And I can be more purposeful with the margin that I create. And it doesn't always have to be something formal. It can be just being available for those people and spending time with them. Yesterday, I woke up, and my kids were watching a stupid movie. I mean, it was really dumb. And I'm sitting here, like, kind of watching it. And they kept wanting me to come watch it with them. I did not want to watch this movie. I was not interested in the content in which I had viewed thus far. I had a lot of stuff to do, and I wanted to get it done. But I said... I need to sit down and watch this movie with them. And I did. And I did. I watched it. <laughs> You're looking out for me. I love you. Well, all God's creatures, big and small, right? That's how we roll at Word of Grace. <laughs> Dave kept like doing something. Like I didn't know what he was doing. He kept uh, making like fingers. I'm like, is he trying to tell me something? He's trying to remind me of like a story, like a really good story that we talked about last week or something. Nope, he was trying to tell me, hey, pastor, there's a spider behind you. I really hope we use this ser the service. I hope we put it online. I hope you guys out in the comments could see the spider too. Because otherwise you just think I'm losing it. So <laughs> you guys vouch for me. There was a spider there. All right. So the people out in the comments don't think I'm nuts. <laughs> Something about Jesus. What were we talking about? Okay. <laughs> we were talking about being purposeful. Uh, and I was talking about my kids. And man, they wanted to watch this movie. I did not want to watch this movie with them, you guys. And you all who have children have been in this situation where they are doing some sort of activity that's really not very attractive to you. And there's a lot of things you would rather do. But be purposeful with your time and realize, hey, they were wanting me to be there. They were wanting me to share in this experience with them, and we had a great time. And uh, so let's be purposeful. The next thing is we need to be creative. Oh, man, we've got to be creative. We need to find a way, find a time to connect with other people even if you connect with them over the phone, even if you do it online, even if you do something where uh, you, you try to combine other activities that you're doing. I know that when I was a youth pastor, one of the things that I used to always do is when I had to run an errand, I would always try to make sure that I called some student that was available to ask them if they want to go run the errand with me. I didn't really need their help but I knew that it would mean something to them if I just let them know I cared about them and spent a little bit of time with them going and doing the mundane, running to Walmart to pick something up, running over to Best Buy or whatever the case may be, and just letting them know, hey, what are you doing? I'll swing by and pick you up. You want to run the store with me? Doing creative things to make those opportunities to where you can intentionally invest instead of always making excuses because, man, we are professional excuse makers, are we not? We all are. I am, you are. We're really, really good at it. We're too good at it. And I think that we need to get bad at it 
And I think the only way to get bad at it is to stop doing it and start getting really good at getting creative and starting to think of what we can do. And not everything has to cost money. We always think that stuff has to cost some money if I'm going to spend time with my kids. or Oh, well, you know, i got to take them out to eat or I don't have any money to take them to a movie or whatever the case may be. And I just always feel like money has to be attached. And money does not have to be attached and they don't care about the dollar amount that you spend. I've learned that the hard way because when my kids were little, I wanted to give them everything I didn't have when I was their age. And especially when my son would show even a, a glimpse of an interest in something I thought was cool, I went overboard, man. My son got into the Cars movie when it first came out. You remember the first Pixar Cars movie? He was, I don't know, four or five years old when it came out, and I wanted him to have every single one of the toy cars. And I would go to Walmart, and I would hunt through all the cars. Oh, he doesn't have that one. He doesn't have that one. He doesn't have that one. Oh, he's got that one. And I would hunt these things like a madman. He didn't care. He was four. He was happy to have a few of those cars. But I went on just a mad rush to make sure he had every one of them. And it became this obsession of mine. And my wife's like, Derek, you got to stop buying cars. Well, I found 10 more that he doesn't have. And you know, I go to different Walmarts in the town we lived in, you know. There were three or four Walmarts in that town. I go to this one. Let me go check the other Walmart. We got to chill out. We got to not think that everything that we make a connection with with our children has to involve money. It can be simple things, you guys. It can be easy stuff. I mean, it can be sitting down and watching a movie with your kids that they want to watch. It can be just being intentional with learning how their world works and what they are into and what they want not all about you not all about the stuff that you want to do it's easy for us as parents to jump on board with the stuff that our kids enjoy that we also enjoy but what about learning them getting creative learning their world just thinking differently about things in order to be creative to spend time with them and that even goes with investing in adults get creative with in, in investing in relationships and investing in your marriage and investing in friendships, investing in mentoring opportunities. Get creative in those moments. God has given you a creative mind. It doesn't matter if you're a Pinterest mom or not. It doesn't matter if your Pinterest stuff does not quite look like the picture that you're trying to imitate. It doesn't matter. Just have fun. Do something. Spend time with your children. Invest in other people. Make sure that you're available. Make sure that you are purposeful with your time and that you are creative. The next one is be a listener. Be a listener. And um, I want to tell you about my uh, experience with probably, in my opinion, uh, a man who has really affected my life in a positive way. His wife's here today. Uh, Pastor Andy Shanholtz. He has meant so much to me in my life just because he's listened. And I don't know if Gene would say he's a good listener or not. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that is his wife. But uh, for, for me, I will say that he is such a good listener. When I, this is kind of how I gauge relationships and who I want to spend time with. I gauge relationships and people that I want to spend time with based on when I leave their presence, when I leave hanging out with them, how did I feel? Because the old adage says that people won't remember a whole lot of what you say, but they remember how you make them feel. 
when I think about someone like Pastor Andy, I think about how when I would leave spending time with him, I would feel encouraged, or I would feel heard, or maybe I would feel challenged. But whatever the case would be, I always knew that he listened, and I always knew that he cared. And that's why he and I still have regular coffee appointments to this day, because we sit down and, and, and just share our hearts, share our lives. And he's teaching me to be a better listener, because I'm a really good talker. And if you've ever spent time with me, you know that. But he's a very good listener, and I want to learn to listen like Andy listens, because I want to make people feel the way I feel when I'm around him. And so I'm spending time intentionally with him, not only because I enjoy his company, but because I want to learn. I want to learn. I love being around people that listen and that when I leave their presence, those are the people I want to hang out with. Those are the people I hang out with regularly. Because when I leave, I go, you know what? I'm glad I spent time with this person today because I feel encouraged or I feel cared about. I feel valued. How do people feel when they leave your presence? How do your children feel after your interactions with them? How do people that God has put in your path, how do they feel after you've spent time with them? Look in the mirror and evaluate that. Do they know that you care? Have you communicated that? Not only by what you've said, because we can all just go, I care about you. You get that, right? I care. Okay. It's not something you say as much as it's something that you show. And the best way to show it is to be a good listener. The Bible says that we need to be slow to speak, and we need to be quick to listen. And man, do we get that backwards so many times. We need to be slow to speak. We need to be quick to listen. Um, the next thing is we need to be real. We need to be available. We need to be purposeful. We need to be creative. We need to be a listener, and we need to be real. We, if we want to really make and impact with our intentional investing. We have to be vulnerable and help others to see that you've learned a lot, but that you're not perfect. I don't ever want people to think that I'm perfect. How many pastors you know would take off their shoes in front of their congregation and kill a spider? The ones that hate spiders, that's the ones. But you've got to be real. You've, you've got to be real with, with, with people they have to have a sense that you're being genuine because the more genuine that they feel that you are, the more they feel they can trust you. And the more they feel you can, they can trust you, the deeper that relationship has the potential of going, which means the greater potential of impact that God could use that relationship to help them and help you. To where it's not just something where you have to float this perception of you being this perfect person who has all your stuff together, but no. Where you're willing to let your hair down, so to speak, and where you're able to be genuine with people and let them know, hey, this is who I am. I want, feel, I want people to feel comfortable. I want people to feel like they can trust me because I'm laying my cards out on the table. And I, I told this to a friend of mine who was challenged by someone's perception of them. And it bothered this guy. It bothered him when this person came up to him and said, I didn't know that you years ago were dealing with this and this and this and this. Is like, I thought we were close. I thought you would have shared this. And, and, and this person told him that, and he came to me privately, and he said, it's really bothering me that that guy said that he you know, felt, didn't feel close to me at that moment because now he wasn't sure because I wasn't being very vulnerable with him. And he said, I thought I was doing a good thing by you know, keeping you know, my 
my true thoughts or, or being real from this person. He said, I didn't realize that it made this person feel disconnected from me. And I told him, I said, well, this is what I've learned. And uh, I said, when you lay your cards out on the table and you're vulnerable with someone, if another person doesn't really reciprocate that and they don't lay their cards out on the table as well, the other person goes, oh, I'm not doing that again. And we keep all of our cards close to the chest. And we don't ever want to lay it out because we don't ever want to be vulnerable because the person didn't, uh, didn't, didn't reciprocate that. They didn't become vulnerable as well. And people will become skittish around others. And, and I said, that's what happened to you. I said, that, that person laid their cards out on the table and they didn't feel that in return. And so I just think it's so valuable. Not that you tell everybody everything going on in your life. Don't misunderstand me. But that you're real, that there's a genuineness to you. That you're willing to let people know that you have faults. Hey, you're willing to let your kids know that you have faults. That'll rock their world. You let your kids know when you make a mistake. You know, you, you are, you're not flawless. And you need to let your kids know that. And don't assume that they know that. But apologize to them. Confess those faults when you blow it. I've had to sit down with my kids and go, hey guys, I blew it in this. I shouldn't have done that. shouldn't have said that. Or shouldn't have used that tone or shouldn't have got upset about something so frivolous. And when I apologize to him, it just shows, hey, my dad is human. And you need to show those that you're investing in, not a point of strength where you have everything together, because that's not as impressive. God can actually use your weakness in a much more powerful way than he could ever use your own strengths. You know that? God's power is actually manifest through our weaknesses through our vulnerabilities. There's a great story in Mark chapter 3 of Jesus teaching in the synagogue. And it was, of course, on the Sabbath day. Here he is teaching. And there was a bunch of Pharisees in the crowd. And these Pharisees were looking to see if Jesus was going to do something that they could accuse him of. Like, is he going to heal somebody? Or is he going to do some type of work so we can really, you know, point out the fact that this guy is, 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 is not who people are saying that he is. And and here Jesus is teaching in a synagogue, and there happens to be someone out in the congregation that day who had a disability. And the man had a withered hand. His hand, I, just for conversation's sake, we'll say his left hand was withered. And I, I had a friend of mine who uh, years ago, he had lost his uh, left hand in a construction accident, and he had a, a little hook thing there in place of it that he used to wear a lot. And when you would go up to meet him, uh, the guy's name was Greg, you, people would say, hey, Greg, how you doing? He wouldn't stick out the hand where he had the accident. He would walk around like this all the time. Hey, Greg, how you doing? He'd stick out his good hand, right? The one that was, that was strong. And he would do that. And I, I just imagine that this man with the withered hand was a lot like my friend back then. When people would go up to him and say hello, that he would reach out his strong hand. He wouldn't want them to see his weakness. He would probably hide it as much as he could because it separated him in his mind from everyone else, and he didn't want them to know that he was weak. But Jesus, as he was teaching, knew that this man was in the crowd, and Jesus says, stand up. Well, boy, he points to this guy who has this physical disability that's apparent to everyone. Jesus says, stand up. What do you want? And Jesus looks at him and says, stretch out your hand. Now he had two options at that point because he had two hands. He could have stretched out his good hand and said, hey, Jesus, <laughs> stretch out my strength. Maybe then he'll heal my weakness. And then, no, he, he wanted to use the man's weakness. He said, stretch out your hand. And the man 
knew what Jesus wanted and was willing to embarrass himself in front of everyone and everyone staring at his weakness at that moment. Everyone staring at his disability at that moment. Everyone staring at the thing he tried to hide in that moment as he stretches out his hand. And as he stretched out his hand, Jesus healed him. And the Bible says that his hand became like the other hand that was strong right there in front of everybody. And I think that the lesson to learn here is not only to trust Christ, but also to trust that through our weakness, his power can be made manifested. If we spend all of our days, folks, hiding our weaknesses and we're never real or vulnerable with anyone, how can we ever expect God to use us in such a mighty and powerful way if all we want to do is show people how strong we are? We don't just want to go around showing people how strong we are. People want to see how real we are, how genuine we are, how willing we are to say, here I am, here's my cards, here's my weakness especially when someone comes to you and they feel comfortable enough to begin to share their own weakness with you. The worst thing you could do is go, oh, I'm sorry for you. feel sorry for you. I don't have any problems at all, man. Sounds like you've got a lot to work on. Good luck with that. No, they want us to go, you know what? There was a time where I remember feeling exactly like that. You older mothers, grandmothers, you could connect with younger women. Don't you know that they need that type of encouragement? Oh, there was a time where I wanted to pull my hair out with those kids. There was times where I just wanted to run away and give up. There were times where I was discouraged and felt all alone and like no one understood. When you begin to share things like that with someone, especially someone who is older and more experienced, when they share things like that with you, it gives the younger person hope, does it not? It gives them hope because then you share, don't worry, this feeling is not going to last forever. This is how I overcame this. And this is, these are the things that God showed me. And these are the things that maybe I could encourage you with. Or maybe even mistakes that you've made where you say, yeah, I've, I made this mistake. Don't do this thing that I did because this is where it led me. And it, it, it led to unnecessary pain in my life. And I would really like to see you avoid that. Be vulnerable with people. Be real. The next thing is be an example. Be an example. Go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1 and 2 is what we're going to read. Paul says this, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the tradition even as I delivered them to you. He said, listen, follow me as I follow Christ. I want you to understand this is what I want you to maintain. This is what I've upheld. Follow me as I follow Christ. That's why he says in Titus chapter 2, one of the very first things he says to the women, he said, listen, older women, be reverent in your behavior. Don't be slanderous. Don't be gossips. Don't be people that are causing problems. Don't act like someone who is drunk. Don't go out here and do these things. Don't be so full of yourself that you miss the responsibility of the role that you have and that you somehow dilute the effectiveness of your influence. Be an example. The next thing is be a teacher. Be an example and be a teacher. God wants us to teach. One of the greatest ways that I think that we can mentor and teach other people is simply this, where we allow them to walk with us, where we allow them to get close to us, and then we teach them and we show them. It's I do and you watch, and then we talk about it after you watch what I do. 
And then the next time we get together, we do what we're doing together, and then we can talk about it afterwards. And then the next time we do it, you're going to do it, but I'm going to be there to watch. And then after that, we're going to talk about it. And then after that, I teach you how to do that with someone else and teach another person, that we're teaching other people. And I think that that's so valuable. One of the fun things I've been doing lately with my kids is uh, we've been cooking a lot. And it's been a fun thing, not only teaching them a life skill, um, but it's been fun for them just to learn new things. And uh, they have done a fantastic job. And I don't know, maybe some of you guys have seen on Facebook some of the cool things that uh, my kids have made. And they have done all of it. I, I, I sat there and I made sure that they're, you know, safe and we have all of our fingers, you know, afterwards using, you know, rather large knives and things like that. Taught them how to safely sharpen a knife, but I would show them first. I would say, here's how you sharpen the knife. I get the whetstone. This is how we sharpen the knife. This is how you know when a knife is sharp. And now you do it. And now we're going to make sure that I would hold, you know, my daughter's hand as she would begin to sharpen the knife. And then afterwards, I would say, all right, now you do it on your own. So I did it. We did it together. And then she began to do it on her own. Now, the first time she did that, she was super nervous because she's really scared of this big monstrous knife that she's going to use to chop up these vegetables. But we cooked a meal uh, just a couple of days ago together. And she went out, grabbed the knife. I said, sharpen the knife. She went and grabbed it and just started sharpening that thing. And I was so proud to see her confidently and safely sharpen the knife. I thought that was so big of her. 11 years old, knowing how to sharpen a big, huge kitchen knife that probably looks bigger to her than it actually is, you know. It's just so, su such an accomplishment. But that comes through teaching intentionally and walking with people, spending time with them, not just throwing them into a situation and say, good luck, but actually walking with them and saying, listen, let me show you how to do this. And then afterwards saying, let's do this together for a little while all right, now, now it's your turn, and we'll do this together, and, and, I'll, and I'll watch, but you, you take the reins. And let's keep talking, because I, I want you to grow, and if you run into any snags along the way, let's talk about it and let's grow. That's what teachers do. That's what mentors do. That's what people who are intentional about investing and being parents do. When we grow, uh, I believe that God is glorified, and it affects other people, and it touches their lives. But when you're a mentoring mother, you get involved and you simply care. Perhaps maybe through volunteering, God puts someone on your heart. Maybe someone's pursuing you and you need to be aware that someone's trying to pursue you and you need to make margin. Whatever it is, pray and seek and continue to grow. Never get above being someone who's uh, being invested in because we always need to grow, right? And we always need to be both being invested in and investing in others. I found this great quote, and I'll close with this. Maya Angelou said this, in order to be a mentor and an effective one, one must care. You must care. You don't have to know how many square miles are in Idaho. You don't need to know what is the chemical makeup of chemistry uh, or of blood or water. Know what you know and care about the person. Care about what you know and care about the person that you're sharing with. That's what God's called us to do, is just to care about people and invest, amen? Care about our kids, care about one another, and just invest. And this Mother's Day, my prayer is that you walk away from this service today with a greater heart to intentionally invest both in your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, your friends, your coworkers, that you feel a greater desire 
And a, God gives you a greater strategy to be intentional in the investment because you have something to offer. You have something worth offering. Every one of us do at some level. You just have to discover, God, what do you want me to do? And who do you want me to invest in? Who are you putting on my heart or who's pursuing me? Who do I regularly see? And begin to invest and love on them right where they're at. God, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with our church family. Thank you, God, for the mothers in the room. I pray, God, that they would just have a special day today, that it would be a great day for them, and they would just be encouraged and enjoy time with uh, friends and family today. And we pray they'd be celebrated, but we're grateful for the gift that they are. Father, help us all as people who carry the mantle of influence to use that influence wisely. God, I pray that you would help us to use uh, discernment. Father, as we navigate relationships, help us to learn from the teaching today to be more intentional with our investing so that we can see the fruit in other people's lives and make that investment, God, and do the part that we're supposed to do. Help us to create margin and make it a priority, Lord. I pray that this would be a great Mother's Day and that this day would honor and glorify you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Word of Grace. For more sermons or any other information, visit wogcc.com.